Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. First up, Katha Pollitt on Hillary's campaign memoir, What Happened? Katha, of course, is a poet, essayist, and award-winning columnist for The Nation. Her latest book is Pro, Reclaiming Abortion Rights. It's out now in paperback. Katha, welcome back. Hi, John. Thanks for having me on the show. Our friends have a lot of complaints about Hillary's book, What Happened?, starting with her writing the book in the first place. I've heard people argue that it's destructive for the Democratic Party today to relitigate the battles between the Hillary people and the Bernie people. I've heard people say uh, instead of uh, complaining about Bernie and about being treated unfairly by the media last year, Hillary right now should be using her time on Rachel Maddow to campaign for Medicare for all instead of selling her book. That's what some of our, our friends say. What do you say? I think Hillary is going to be a very good thing for the Democratic Party. I think she's going to raise a lot of money for them and promote good organizations. I think if she wrote a book, and the book is about the campaign, and you know there's very little about Bernie Sanders in it. I happen to agree with her that Bernie was not entirely helpful to her, nor his followers either. But leaving that aside, mostly the book is about her apologizing (laughs) Mm-hmm. which she does constantly, and uh, the, Comey, the Comey letters and Russia, Russia Trump and all that. And, you know, I just think people want her just to go away and die. And <laughs> why shouldn't she tell her story? She was at the center of a world historical event that she has a unique perspective on, and I just don't see what the problem is. And, of course, she did get 65 or 66 million votes, I think. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff about how, oh, nobody wants to hear from her anymore, that's obviously not true. Um, the book has sold, it's a, it's a bestseller. It sold, I don't know, 300,000 copies in the first two days that it was out. When she goes on Rachel Maddow, millions of people listened. People are interested in Hillary Clinton. It's just our friends, as you put, them, <laughs> put it, are not. Well, the biggest complaint about the book is, I'm sure you've heard this many times, she blames other people for her loss instead of looking at what she herself failed to understand and could have done differently. She blames, as you say, James Comey for that press conference a week before Election Day announcing that he was reopening the investigation of her email. She blames Bernie. She blames sexism. She blames media bias. What do you say to that criticism? Well, having actually read the book, unlike some of the people who say what you just said, um, I have to say that's really not true. I felt that I had let everyone down because I had. How did I let that happen? She asked of the media's obsession with her emails, which was, you know, just over the top completely. I should have seen that coming, she said as a storm of criticism for those banker speeches. Then she says, 
I blamed myself. My worst fears about my limitations as a candidate had come true. I'd been unable to connect with the deep anger so many Americans felt or shake the perception that I was the candidate of the status quo. And then most interestingly, she spends an entire chapter on uh, how she went to Appalachia to try to repair the damage she did. Remember when she said, we're going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business? And that became this detached soundbite that completely left out what came after, which was when she talked about what the country owed the miners and their communities and all the great things that Democrats were going to do for them. And she, it was completely unsuccessful, her attempt to change the minds of Appalachians. But she did go there, and she did write a chapter about it. So I think it's very unfair to say she doesn't blame herself. The people who make that argument including a lot of our friends at The Nation, which, as you may recall, endorsed Bernie in the primary, mm-hmm. was that, you know, Bernie's big ideas were seeking to set the agenda for the party, the country, the decade to come, to go beyond just what Congress would pass right now, to talk about what people really need, health care is a human right, free college tuition, $15 minimum wage, a trillion-dollar infrastructure program, and to fight the enemies of all this, the banks, Wall Street, the corporations, which want tax breaks and deregulation. Now, of course, some of that did get into the platform, and Hillary supported yeah. supported that. But I think everyone could see this wasn't really her thing. Her thing was to focus on her conception of the possible. Uh, and, of course, that uh, d- d- divide remains among the Democrats today. So it isn't just that she doesn't say... It's my fault that I lost. It's that she doesn't grasp this bigger battle of ideas in which she didn't really take a strong stand. Well, perhaps this might be the moment to point out that she beat Bernie by four million votes and she beat Trump by three million votes. This is Um, true. So it's not as if nobody liked her approach to our many problems. I came away from the book thinking... She maybe was a little too in love with the idea of, I'm just going to do what's realistic. I'm not going to promise you things that I won't be able to deliver. That came through in the campaign. And I say, I have this comparison that, uh, you know, both Bernie and Trump from different angles were able to put her in the position of being mean mom, and they got to be fun dad. And mean mom, of course, is the person who makes sure the vegetables are eaten, the homework gets done, the <laughs> yes. bills are paid on time, no, you, I can't double your allowance. And fun dad makes the kids feel they have power and life is exciting. And in the end, mom got more votes and dad, both of them, got more love. I think, I think that's true. But it's, it's really a character thing with her, I came away thinking yeah. that... She just doesn't want to overpromise, whereas Bernie loves to overpromise. Well, some would call it setting the agenda, setting goals for party, the nation, and that that's one of the things that political leaders uh, ought to do and not just talk about what's possible, you know, in the next two, two to four years. Another big issue for Hillary in her book is the role of the media, which she thinks was sexist and which focused on the wrong issues, namely her email. What did you think about her critique of the media role in the campaign? I think that she was 100% right. I think um, there have been some studies out of Harvard that showed that there was 
endless coverage of the email non-scandal. Do you know that Chris Saliza wrote at least 50 columns about it? <laughs> that seems um, like a lot. <laughs> I know, really. How much is there to say? Um, and there was almost none of her actual positions. And then another interesting thing is Bernie Sanders actually got the most positive coverage. Um, I know his, his admirers, his, his followers uh, don't think that, but according to Harvard, it's true. And both Hillary and Trump got mostly negative coverage. But here's so, so interesting. Trump's platform got more attention than his scandals. Hmm. And for Hillary, it was the ver- reverse. Her platform got almost no coverage. It was one little mini nonsense scandal after another. And Trump, who really did have enormous scandals, I mean, you remember Trump University and... Sure you know, just tons and tons of stuff. Those were sort of like little blips. They came and then they went. They didn't really have the staying power that for some reason the email scandal did. I have a question about sexism in the campaign. Certainly she's right that she was hurt by sexism. But what we thought during the campaign was that the the horrible sexism of Trump would rally women to her side. She would, yes, she would lose some working class white men who had been Democrats, probably, but she would also gain some suburban middle class women who had been Republicans, and therefore she might even come out ahead, and therefore she could be president. But of course, it turned out that 53% of white women voted against her. To me, that's the most shocking thing in the whole campaign, aside from Trump winning. Does she talk about that? What do you think about that? Well, what I think about it is that it is indeed shocking, and it shows that it shows a couple of things. One is women are sexist too. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing it shows is that politics has become more tribal than ever. Republicans came home to Trump. Uh, look at all those evangelicals. He got more evangelical votes than Mitt Romney did. Amazing. Um, yeah. And they all had to say ridiculous things like, well, he's a baby Christian. (laughs) (laughs) A baby Christian. I mean, you know, they had their eye on the ball. They thought, ah, the Supreme Court, ah, all those federal justices, you know, we just have to vote for this guy and we'll get them. And they did and they will get them. You know, the book was reviewed in the New York Times by Jennifer Sr., and she wrote, she had a striking statement. She asked, does the book offer any new hypotheses about what doomed Clinton's campaign? And her answer is no, it synthesizes old ones. Clinton's diagnostics are the least interesting part of the book. Uh, I wonder if you agree with that. No, I don't. I thought they were fascinating. Um, I thought, for example... Uh, her discussion of the Russia stuff, the uh, dissemination of false stories on Facebook through Russian bots and trolls, um, and Obama called that this dust cloud of nonsense. You know, all that stuff added up in a way I think we're still figuring out. But, for example, this was new to me, an RT video called How 100% of the Clintons' 2015 charity, quote-unquote, went to themselves, was viewed 10 million times, mostly on Facebook. And I think, you know, we're only beginning to grasp that people are in their own little worlds where, you know, they have their own facts, and they just believe what they want to believe. And that was a very active thing going on during the campaign. The book is called What Happened? 
what is her explanation of what happened? How do you read it? Maybe you, you want to just read your what happened uh, sentence in your piece? Okay. As she acknowledges, Hillary, the policy wonk, Girl Scout, and lifelong fan of school supplies, <laughs> never quite grasped what she was up against until it was too late. She's constantly being surprised that Trump is a grotesque and ignorant bully, that people are as angry and irrational and sexist as they are, that the media isn't more interested in her carefully considered achievable policies on every social problem under the sun, that truth doesn't matter. Kathapollitt, you can read Kathapollitt's new column on what happened at thenation.com. Katha, thanks so much for talking with us today. Thanks so much for having me, John.